speak on the theme for our year in 2018. The theme for our year in 2018 is that we've entitled it Blessed to Impact. Blessed to Impact. Say to your neighbor, I am blessed to impact. You are blessed to impact. And no, okay, you don't need to repeat that one. Yeah, this countdown time is still not correct, but I will correct it for you as time goes by. So I'm going to begin, I'm going to lay a foundation and just really speak to you about um, what I believe God wants us to hear, to emphasize for us as a community of believers, but also to the body of Christ in general. Um, as I've been waiting on the Holy Spirit and just asking him for wisdom and insight in terms of this coming year. Uh, one of the things, as I've been waiting on the Lord, I asked him, so Lord, how do you want us to prepare for 2019? How do you want us to prepare? And I have to be honest, I, the answer I got was quite surprising. I heard the Spirit say, the same way I've always wanted you to prepare, which got my attention and then I felt the Spirit say to me, I want you to lean on me. Focus on me. Focus on Jesus. The same that I've always wanted for my people is what I want for the coming year. Thank you, Lady Sharon. Didn't she lead worship really well? Let's give her a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then as I was waiting on him and as I was musing and praying um, there was something that really I felt disturbed by something the spirit said to me about me and about his people in general and uh, so when he said I want you to lean on me I want you to focus on me really to abide on me I began to ask him so what kind of year is this coming year going to be and I believe that the coming year is, is just going to get increasingly, certainly, it's going to get increasingly dark as far as the world is concerned. So one of the things that I feel in my spirit is that the boundaries are even going to become more blurred when it comes to identity. So when it comes to identity in terms of male and female, in terms of marriage, in terms of um, what are clearly outlined boundaries for generations is going to become increasingly blurred because the world is getting increasingly darker. But what surprised me was what he said about the church, the body of Christ. And he said there's going to be increased mixture in the body of Christ. That is, you're going to see more and more, especially, and this is what I felt he said to me, especially your generation of leaders and senior people to yourself are going to become more and more compromising. And he said to me, beware the favor of the world. Beware the favor of the world. Because this is the enemy's strategy to dull the effectiveness of our witness. But what I felt the Lord was saying is that the key for all his people has always been the same. 
the more we learn to focus on Jesus, and it was really simple. He said, it's simple. Keep it simple, Joe. It's the simplicity of the gospel and of following Jesus that is the strength that we as his people have. It's nothing complicated. There's no complicated new strategy to combat the enemy. It's a simple devotion to the Lord Jesus, learning to know him, growing in fellowship with him, seeking to honor him. And out of that dynamic relationship, God will begin to reveal to you and I what it is we should do. And what I thought the Spirit said to me is that, Joe, the way in which I have empowered you over the years is the same way I empower my people. What happens with you is you will come to me for strength and I will strengthen you and then you will minister out of the overflow. And that is basically as long as God's people learn to focus on the Lord Jesus, it doesn't matter what is going on in the world. It doesn't matter what kind of um, new thing, whether it's Brexit, and I voted a certain way, whether it's Brexit, it doesn't matter. As long as God's people learn to keep the main thing, the main thing, I know it's a cliche, which is following Jesus and focusing on him. And out of that, we then do whatever we want to do or whatever we believe we should do. Then we'll be okay. But as for the world, it's going to get even more confusing. It's going to get even more strange and weird. And, uh, you know, this is not a prophetic word, what I'm about to say, but more people are going to, prominent people are going to die. That's kind of normal, even in the church world. Prominent people, this is not, I'm not saying it as a prophetic utterance. It's kind of like normal, you understand what I'm saying? Normal thing. Um, the normal things will occur, and some of the normal things that will occur will think like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But it's normal. It's part of life. But the main thing that the enemy is seeking to do when it comes to the body of Christ is to get us to just conform. Just conform. And he said, I felt the Spirit say to me, the Western-influenced cultures are going to get increasingly dark. All cultures that are influenced by the Western-type philosophies are going to get increasingly darker. And, uh, but in the midst of it, the body of Christ, the true people of God, is also going to begin to shine. And there was a verse of scripture. I'm going to read it. This has got nothing to do with what I'm going to share tonight. Um, but I just want to share what I feel the Spirit was highlighting to me concerning some thoughts about next year. It's in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. If I can. And it's from verse 16. And what I saw in my spirit as I was praying and thinking about this year, I saw in my spirit people like talking to each other out of the word and talking to each other about the scripture says this and 
God's word says that, and let's remain faithful, and let's remain strong, and encouraging each other from, from the scriptures. And then the, this verse of scripture was what I felt being highlighted to me in verse 16 of Malachi chapter, verse three, chapter three of, verse 16 of chapter three. He said, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. And I believe that in the coming years, it's going to become very evident in the church. I'm talking about the charismatic, evangelical, Pentecostal-type paradigm church. People who believe in the Bible, who, who um, will claim to be focused on the Bible. It's going to become very evident in that company of people, those who are really serious about God and those who are not. And beloved, I want to encourage you to make it simple as you go into 2019 that you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You're going to pursue him. You're going to love him. You're going to honor him. Whatever goals, whatever resolution, whatever, whatever challenges that you're going to face, whatever's going to come, your main priority is you want to please Jesus. You want to honor him. You want to be um, a, a child of God that glorifies his name. Can you say amen? So that is the kind of message I have for, that I've received in terms of 2019. Now let's talk about blessed to impact. Genesis chapter 12. Now you can start counting me down properly now. Genesis chapter 12 from verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Also Hebrews 11 verse 8 and then Galatians chapter 3 verses 7 and 9. Hebrews 11, 8 says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Galatians 3, verses 7 to 9. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. If I let me read this in the New Living Translation. Galatians 3, from verse 7. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles or non-Jews, that's us, to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. All who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing 
Abraham received because of his faith. And as, I begin, as we begin to talk about the fact that we have been blessed to impact, I will refer to Abraham a lot. And it is important for us as God's people to understand that whatever promises and blessings that Abraham experienced is now also our portion because of our faith in Christ Jesus. You are blessed to impact. So what does it mean to be blessed? Now in the Bible, the first usage of that word blessed or blessing is actually in Genesis chapter 1 verse 22 when the Bible says that God blessed the birds and the, um, the creatures in the sea and the birds. He said, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. That's the first usage of the term blessed. And then in verse 28, the Bible talks about mankind or human beings when God created man. He said, then God blessed them. That's the man and the woman, the male and the female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, when we talk about blessing from God's context, it has to do with empowerment. It has to do with equipment. When God blessed mankind, he empowered us to exercise dominion. In other words, he equipped us to fulfill our potential. That was what the blessing was. Because from a natural perspective, when we think of blessing, we tend to think of having things, being given something or receiving something or having a, a circumstance that is favorable. Of course, some blessings are like that. But from a biblical perspective, it is far more subtle and far more powerful than simply the acquisition of things. So let's say you have some money coming to your account. You will call that a blessing, isn't it? I was blessed with 500 pounds. Hallelujah. But if that money was drug money, you were not blessed. You were actually cursed with 500 pounds. <laughs> but you may not see it like that. Because for you, 500 pounds, okay, forget 500, 500,000 pounds is money. And so you are blessed. And some preachers even say it doesn't matter even if it's drug money, the blood sanctifies it. No, that's stupidity. The Bible tells us that the sacrifice of the wicked, is the offering of the wicked is an abomination to God. So no. Some, some offerings are bad offerings that God will never accept, even if the church will take your money. Hallelujah. <laughs> so to be blessed from God's perspective, scripturally, primarily, has to do with being empowered with the ability to be who God created us to be and to accomplish what we were ordained for. Now, beloved, every one of us in this room has a purpose upon our lives. There is a destiny in the mind of God concerning us, and we are alive on this earth in this time, 
intentionally as far as God is concerned. Nobody is on this planet by accident. Your life matters as far as God is concerned. Like one of my friends said, your life is an answer to somebody's question. Your life is a solution to somebody's problem. You are significant in the mind of God when it comes to what can take place on the earth. It's not an accident you and I are alive today. So we're talking about what it means to be blessed. It is to be empowered to prosper by God as far as he's concerned. To prosper beyond what we could naturally accomplish without him. So when God blesses us, he empowers us in such a way that we, can, we will do things that, naturally speaking, we wouldn't have been able to do. Now, of course, by creation, believers and non-believers alike have a common blessing. That's not what I'm talking about. A common blessing is that God allows the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about specific blessings that enables us to fulfill the mandate of God upon our lives. Make no mistake, your life matters to God. That's why our Lord Jesus came to die for you so that God's purpose that he ordained before the foundation of the world concerning you can be fulfilled in these days that you are living in. Can you say amen, somebody? So when God blesses you, he empowers you to do something. But also, when God blesses you, he gives you the resources that you need to achieve your assignment. And this is why at times many people get it mixed up. So for instance, if God, let's say, blesses me with 500 pounds, for instance. Okay, no, forget 500 pounds. I mean, I thank you, Lord, for 500. Thank you for five. But if, if God blesses you with 500,000 or 5 million pounds, for instance, like, let's talk proper money. You know what? I've already spent it. I've told the Lord, if you give, if a million is nothing. If the Lord gives me a million today, it's spent. I told him, give me 10 million, that's also spent. Give me 100 million, even that, I've spent most of it. But a billion, I've told him, a billion, I have more flexibility. There's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. But you know, in our minds, when we are given resources through, let's say, whether it's finance or whether it's property or whatever, it's influence or whatever it is, we don't ask ourselves the question, what is this for? If it is from God, then there is an assignment attached to it. I'll give you an example. In Genesis chapter 30, verse 30, Jacob says something. He says, for what you had before I came was little, and it's increased to a great amount. Sorry, this is Laban talking to Jacob. And the Lord has blessed you since my coming. Sorry, Jacob talking to Laban, I beg your pardon. And now, when shall I also provide for my own house? Now, Jacob is saying to his uncle, look, because of me, God has blessed you. 
God has blessed you. When I came to your house, you had very little. But by virtue of me coming into your life, your life has, your, your substance has increased tremendously. And that's what at times God would do. By virtue of association with certain people that God will bring your way, you begin to see your life getting better. Because that person has been blessed in such a way that by associating with you, you are now being blessed. But in the same way, God has ordained that through your life, as you associate with certain people, by reason of the blessing upon your life, their life is also being blessed. I see people in this church becoming a blessing to their generation. Can you say amen? Being blessed is not about material blessings, even though it includes it. It's, this is a very simple but very important point. As we talk about blessed to impact, if you can understand the spiritual, the spiritual dimension of blessing and how powerful that is, when the spirit is taken care of, the natural will just be handled, will just manifest. When the spiritual is taken care of, the natural takes care of its own. Your, you being blessed is not dependent on your circumstances. It's not dependent on whatever resources you have at your disposal. And it's certainly not dependent on who you know, per se. You as an individual being blessed. Now, somebody can come into your life and cause your life to be blessed, but you being blessed to fulfill your divine assignment is primarily dependent on you and how you respond to what God tells you. I'll give you an example. Joseph was a slave. He was a slave who ended up in prison. But the signature of God's blessing remained on him in spite of his dire circumstances. Joseph was falsely accused of raping his master's wife, attempting to rape. Can you imagine? What a terrible indictment. But in that state, the Bible says that the Lord was with him. In Genesis 39 verse 2, after he was sold as a slave to Potiphar's house, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. The Lord was with Joseph he was a successful man in the house of his master. If you can keep the noise down a little at the back, it will help us. Now think it's true. This is a, a, a young man whose brothers had betrayed him, sold him off as a slave, and now he's in a foreign land. He doesn't even understand their language. That's what the Bible says in another place. But the Bible says the Lord was with him. And he was a successful man. He was a successful man. Why? Because he was a blessed man. And, and then when he was falsely accused of attempting to rape his master, and when they put him in prison, the Bible says in verse 21 of the same Genesis 39, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. In verse 23, it says, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because... 
the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Say, the Lord is with me. Say, the Lord is with me. Listen, when God is with you, that's what really counts. He said, whatever he did, he made it to prosper. You need to start declaring over your life that God is with you. I am very serious. You need to start declaring over your life that God is with you. Beloved, we carry the treasure. We carry the treasure, the most important treasure as you're going to see, which is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. And with him in our lives, we are blessed. Listen, we're talking about being blessed to impact. You are already blessed. Say, I'm already blessed. Say, I am already blessed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He has blessed us and placed us in an exalted position. When he says heavenly places in Christ, it means this, that we sit on the throne of God with Christ and every principality, every power, every dominion, every might and every name that is named is under our feet. That is the place of authority we are functioning from. At times, I hear people talk a certain way about demons, about the enemy. And beloved, I have attacks. I get all kinds of attacks. I don't, I'm not really bothered when I get the attacks, but I get all kinds of attacks because of what we do. And it's not a big deal. But at times, I hear people talk about the enemy and those kind of things. And it's like, because they don't know their authority in Christ. Their authority that we have as believers in Christ. You are already blessed. He has blessed us. Not he will bless us. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So whatever spiritual blessing. And first you need the spiritual in order to deal with the natural. That's how it works. You need the spiritual in order to deal with the natural. So any kind of blessing you need to deal with the natural, you already have it. In Christ, we have all the riches that God could make available to us. This, you find these truths throughout the Bible, Colossians 1, 26, 20. I won't read it because of time. So because you are blessed, your enemies cannot curse you and succeed. Listen carefully. Scripturally speaking, your enemies cannot curse you and succeed. Even under the old covenant, it was so. Let me show you a few scriptures. In Numbers chapter 23, when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness as they were coming to the promised land, there was a king, the king of Moab went and sought a very powerful sorcerer called Balaam and said, look, these Israelites are coming. I need you to come and curse them for me. And God told him, don't go with them. Don't curse, don't go with them. So he said, I can't come. So then the, the king then sent other greater dignitaries and brought a lot of money and said, look, come on. I tell you, money answers all things. Come on, come and help me curse these people. He said, even if you give me all the money, I won't come. But anyway, let me go and pray about it. Mm. So then when he went and prayed, he was told, go, even though he was one. So when he goes now, and then long story short, the king says to him, now curse them. Balak says, curse them for me. And so he sees Israel and he begins to speak. 
And this is what he says. Numbers 23 verse 19. This is one of the things he says. He says, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. I could stop there. God is not a man that he should lie. Men may lie. Women may lie. But God is not a man that he should lie. Are you listening? God is not a woman that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. God is not like your children that he should lie. God is not like your husband that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Has he said and he will not do? Has he said and he will not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Now, this is a man who's about to curse people, right? So he makes these pronouncements. God is not a man that he should lie. I tell you, you should, you should write that down for 2019. God, Lord, everything you've said about me, you're not a man that you should lie. You're not a man that you should lie. You're not a man that you should lie. You should say it. You should say, God, you're not a man that you should lie. You're not a man that you should lie. Not the son of man that you should change your mind. That's what it means to repent. Look at 20. He says, behold, I have received the command to bless he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. This is a powerful sorcerer. He's coming to curse him. He looks, he said, mm -mm -mm. I am commanded to bless. God has blessed, I can't reverse it. There's no point trying, I can't. I know that people have at times looked to curse me, and when they have examined, they can't. You know why? There's a scripture in Colossians chapter 3. From verse 1, he says this, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, these are one of my scriptures I quote. I am dead. So when you examine me, you will find there is a Christ that lives in me. My life is hidden with Christ. So before you can get to Joseph, you must eat Christ first. Hallelujah. I have received a command to bless. He has blessed. I cannot reverse it. Every blessing on your life cannot be reversed. Did you hear me? Every blessing on your life cannot be reversed. I don't care what anybody has said. Every, there's only one person that can de determine whether the curse or the blessing is reversed, and that is you. You are the only one with that power. Nobody else has that key. Not even God. 21, look at what he says about Jacob. And he uses Jacob, not Israel. He says, he has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. You know what he's pointing out? In other words, God, even under the old covenant, he looked at Israel and Jacob through the lens of grace. Through the lens of his grace. He looked through the lens of the cross. So what, even though they had all kinds of things wrong, he says, I have not observed iniquity in Jacob. Now, these are the people who have been complaining in the wilderness all that time. The same people. But when the enemy wanted to curse them, when they looked, there was no sin. That's the blood. The power of the blood of Jesus. Let's carry on. He says... The Lord his God is with him. Say, the Lord my God is with me. 
and the shout of a king is among them. You need to know that there's a shout of a king among you. That when you declare hallelujah, when you declare the praises, it is the shout of a king. You need to know. Listen, at times you need to, in your bedroom, make some declarations. Make some pronouncements that there is a shout of a king inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're a woman, hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a shout of a king. God brings them out of Egypt, and that's what happened to us. We were brought out of the world, spiritual Egypt. He has, the stre- he has strength like a wild ox. I mean, that's powerful, supernatural anointing. Now look at 23. For there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. Listen, there is no sorcery. There is no divination. There is no occultic practice. There is no power against the people of God. I don't know if you're getting it. I am excited about this. There is no power that can destroy you. There is no power. There is no power. There is no generational curse. There is none of that. Listen, if it was generational curse, we'd be dead a long time ago. Long time. In my family line, both father and mother, massive occult heritage. Massive. Whether they can hear me or not, they know it's true. Mom and dad, they know it's true. Massive occult heritage. Proper darkness. You have no idea. Visit you in the night and show you some power. The family we're coming from. But when we got saved, nothing. Nothing, nothing. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, oh, what God has done. Look what the Lord has done. When it comes to your life, they will say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. That's, that's your heritage. And this is under the old covenant. Under the old covenant. How much more now? The only way the enemy could... You see, when, after Balaam declared these things over Israel, Balak said, I called you to curse him. You haven't cursed him. So he said, so now what do I do? So then Balaam said, the only way you can get these people is not spiritual. You can't beat them spiritually. Spiritually, they're covered. I'll tell you what you should do. Get your beautiful women. Get them to fraternize with their men. As they befriend them and fraternize, shake some things. It will hit them. But if you try and deal with them spiritually and send uh, Beelzebub and Diablo and Nebo, it, they, they will all be defeated. But send beautiful women. Beautiful. These days, whether it's beautiful women or handsome men, it works. Just send them zim. If the woman is not working, send them and zim. And if they don't have a proper force field, hey! One day, one of my members was saying to me, a guy proposed to him. The guy, what do you mean, what? This is the, this is the world we live in. The guy proposed to him, and he said, no, I'm not that way. And he said, ah, but how do you know? He said, no, I, I know. He said, no, you don't know. Have you tried it? 
proposition. He said, try and see. You don't know. This is the world we live in. You're acting like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you watch it on the internet. Under the guise of, I want to see what's going on. The only way the enemy could get them, that's how Balaam, so when Balaam advised Balak this way, he got his beautiful women to begin to fraternize and fraternize. And through that, that's when the judgment of God hit the camp. And many of God's people were killed as a result. But other than that, in terms of like power versus power, now nah, you cannot. You cannot. There is no witchcraft that can hit you. That can take your children, take your marriage. No, 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 no. But if you decide to say to the devil, Mr. Devil, Mr. Devil, where are you going? No, come, 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 come to my house. Come, 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 come to my house. I want you in my house. Come, come, please, come, Mr. Devil. What do you think sexual immorality is? Sexual immorality is saying, Mr. Devil, please, I beg, come, let's cut blood covenant. I want you to have legal access in my life. Because when I have sex with somebody I'm not married to, it's a covenant I am cutting with them to allow you legal ground in. So come, Mr. Devil. Come into my life, Mr. Devil. You don't have to say, Mr. Devil, come. He doesn't care as long as you give him the license. If I open my door and I walk away and the thief is walking by and there's a diamond ring there and he checks and there's no one there, I don't have to say, come into my house. He's a thief, and the devil is a thief. The thing is there, he will take it, and that's what he wants for your life. But we are closing that door in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, one of the things I want to point out is, because of how powerful the blessing is, there are both protection that comes with the blessing as well as the purpose of the blessing. But before I talk about the protection, look at Isaiah 54, verse 15 to 17. Again, these are verses that I'm giving you. You can use this in warfare. I think I shared my story some time ago, how when I was in South Africa, um, my first trip to South Africa, um, I was in my room on the last day, and then I had the demonic visitation. This young girl appears to me in my room, no, no lie, in a vision. She appears to me and says to me, you... You said you're against. Tomorrow on the road, you see. She spun around three times and disappeared. I said, ha! And then I came out of the thing. I thought, I and then the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 Joe, you have to get up for this one. So I like my sleep, you know. My children will tell you, I like my sleep. So I got up anyway, washed my mouth, washed my face, said, right, we'll do warfare. So I used this scripture. There is no divination. No, and this I used that scripture and used another one. Did battle for a very long time, 15 minutes. That's long. <laughs> to, to, to do battle with the devil for 15 minutes is long. Normally, you just say, Be gone. You just have to do that. I like to do Be gone. And I'm very dramatic. I do it on purpose. Be gone. It's like I'm in a movie. Yeah, I'm done. That's how I do it. I do it like that. I do it because it's just me and Mr. Devil. Be gone. I speak some tongues on top of it. And it works. But this time, when I said, I rebe-, he said, no, 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 Joe, you have to get for this. Oh, okay. We have to do real warfare. So I began to 
take, there is no divination, no witchcraft, declared it, koborobo, and then this verse, no weapon formed against you, quoted that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 15 minutes, enough, enough of this malarkey, I've done it, I've beaten them, tomorrow I'll, nothing will happen, so I went back to sleep, as I laid there, I had another vision, and I saw um, a guy, an angel dressed in military garment, saluting me and saying, I am transport, I've been sent to escort you back, glory, nothing happened the following day, I came home safely, my point is, no, no, hold on. My point is, the kind of authority we have is so powerful. It's so powerful. Now, the backdrop of that incident was that when I was going to South Africa, as I was praying, I saw in the spirit, and I said, eh, Lord, am I going to die in South Africa? Because I saw something. He said, no, you're not going to die, but just prepare yourself. So I did. So on the first day of that trip, as they were taking me to my place, I had a car accident. Never had a car accident before. The car was sleeping and the spirit says to me, wake up. I opened my eyes because the guy was driving like a lunatic, to be honest. And it was the first time I met them, so I didn't want to say anything. Say, my friend, can you slow it down? Like when I went to Jamaica the first time, I couldn't handle it. I said, my friend, please, can you say it? And then he spoke part one. I didn't even, I said, I said, I said, I didn't know, I thought I understood part one, but this is proper, not this British part one business. This is proper. I'm is, is it too bad with you? I'm sorry. I said, uh, yeah, if you can slow it. Right, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man. And I'm like, wow. I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, three times after I just gave up, I just turned my head like that. So when I was in South Africa, I thought, you know what? I don't know these people. I'm just going to keep quiet. So I'm closing my eyes. He's driving like a lunatic. And then the spirit says, come on, open your eyes now. As I open my eyes, the guy loses control. The tire bursts. And the car's going, I'm thinking, oh, great. So I'm just thinking, please, I don't want to break my legs. I don't want to break. I'm just thinking like this. So then the car begins to somersault. And I'm thinking, wow, this is interesting. As I'm hanging upside down, thinking, okay, okay. And then my finger's caught. And I'm thinking, oh, actually, I should move my finger. So I move my finger and I'm, Wow, this is, I hope it doesn't burst into flames. This is what I'm thinking, you know. So then finally the thing stops. I'm upside down hanging. And then I, I, I clip. And I think, okay, fine, great. So I crawl out. I'm saying, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to you. He says, Jesus, Jesus. I'm thinking, Jesus, Jesus. You should be driving properly. So, so, so I pulled him out. So, so, so that was the backdrop to that vision. You understand? So after I had that accident, I went to the hotel. I said, hey. I told them, you principalities, I want to tell you that you think I'm a fool. I'm dealing I dealt with them. So in the last day, they thought, let's visit him again. And they visited me, and then we dealt with it. So here's the scripture I want to read. He says this. Indeed. And I, I'm, I'm saying this because you're blessed to impact. Indeed. They shall surely assemble. Prophet, they shall surely assemble. But not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. That's what the word says. He said, behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have cre created the spoiler to destroy. Listen, even the blacksmith, those who make the weapons, even the spoiler to destroy, God says, I'm the one who creates no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. 
rise against your judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Listen, if you know and you see yourself as a servant of the Lord, this is your heritage. But me, I don't need no man to tell me I'm a servant of God, you know. I tell God I am your servant. I said, Father, behold your servant. That's how I talk to him sometimes. I mean, I like to be dramatic. I read King James Version Bible. So I say, I don't say, look. I say, Father, behold your servant. Yes. I'm, I'm being dramatic. Somebody say, why do you talk like that? Because I want to. Is it by force? I want to talk to God the way I want to talk to God. I say, Father, behold your servant. I am your servant. I tell him, Father, I am your servant. So when I see anything about servants of God, I claim it. Because I am a servant of God. Are you a servant of God? I am not only a son, I am also a servant. Even the Lord Jesus called himself your servant. Are you listening? So no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. No weapon. So in, with that in mind, you have to understand the power and the purpose behind your blessing. Behind the fact that you are blessed. First of all, because you are blessed, there are certain protection that comes Sometimes, even though you are blessed, you will make mistakes. Sometimes, even though you are blessed, you'll be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Even your family members, sometimes, will be at the wrong place at the wrong time. But look at this. Lot was in the wrong place. He was in Sodom. And God was going to judge Sodom. But because Abraham was blessed, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 19, verse 29, and it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Because of Abraham, Lot was spared. Because of you, your family will be spared. Because of you, your friends will be spared. Because of you, those you are praying for will be spared. Yeah. You have to learn to recognize that you are blessed. And by virtue of the blessing of God upon your life through Christ, there are certain members of your family that cannot go to hell. My beloved sister there wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and wrestled until her dad finally cried out to the Lord on his deathbed. And everyone in your family that you are believing for will come to Christ in Jesus' name. You have to understand. So Lot was at the wrong place, at the wrong time, but because of Abraham, he was spared. May the Lord spare many of your loved ones in Jesus' name. But now even Abraham himself was protected from his own folly. God had said through Sarah, your offering is going to do this, whatever. And then Abraham goes into Abimelech's land and says, oh, she's my sister. Wow. Can you imagine your husband says, he's my sister, she's my sister, so you can take her as one of your concubines. That's literally what he was saying. So the guy saw Sarah, hey, your wife is very beautiful. Hey, hey my friend. Is she your wife? No, no, she's not my wife. She's, uh, she's my sister. Because I know these people are wicked people. You know, if I say she's my wife, they'll kill me. So he said to Sarah, you know, look, this will be your kindness to me. That anywhere we go, tell them you are my sister because you know you are very beautiful. I don't try. Imagine me and Aisha are going somewhere. As we are traveling, 
And then somebody comes up to us, some muscle guy. Is this your, who is this? And I look at her. Oh, her. She's my daughter. She's my daughter. After all, after all, people have said that. Is this your daughter? People have said that to me. That my wife. She asked me, is this your daughter? And then she said, yes. One day, myself and Philip and Zen's mom were standing here, and Aisha was standing there, and somebody said to me and Philip's mom, your daughter, so Mama Charity, who is old enough to be my own mother, has now become my wife, and my wife is my daughter, you see. Now, <coughs> why are you laughing? And so Abraham says, Abraham says to Sarah, some of you are wondering, where is his wife? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. All will be revealed. Abraham says to his wife, tell them, you are my sister. So Abimelech takes her into his harem as part of his concubines to later enjoy and gives Abraham gifts. Gifts and he takes, and he takes the gifts. So now, I want to read this. I want to show you how powerful being blessed is. And then we're going to, I'm going to bring, we'll continue this teaching. Amen, yeah? So if you want to hear it, if you're visiting from another church, listen on the podcast. Otherwise, if you don't have a church, come back. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 20, from verse 1, And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gira. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerah, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, if you can keep the noise down at the back there, and said to him, in, God says to him, indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now, when God says you are dead, you know you are dead. So Abimelech says, but the Bible says, but Abimelech had not come near to her. In other words, he had not had sex with her. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she even, she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this by having another woman to my concubinage, my harem. I mean... That's another. Uh, it's not allowed today, by the way. <laughs> Men of God, you can't have concubinage anymore. <laughs> and God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. So, for I also, listen, I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet. <laughs> He's a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. Now, wait a minute. This is a prophet, you know, making foolish mistakes. But because he's a blessed man, it's like he's being covered. I tell you, the blessing has some power to it. 
I said the blessing has some power to it. In spite of your failures, in spite of your weaknesses, if your heart is in the right direction, the blessing upon your life covers a multitude of sins. So he prayed for her and then you know, the rest is history. All right, so why are you blessed? Quickly. First reason why God blesses us and why God has blessed us is because of his word. God blesses us and has blessed us in order to fulfill his word. One example is Deuteronomy 8.18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to create wealth so that he may establish the covenant he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Second reason why God blesses us and has blessed us is so that his kingdom will be established through us. His kingdom will be established through us. God wants you to be a conduit through which his kingdom is established. And an example of this is King David. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says this. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. God establishes you and promotes you, not for your sake, but for the sake of his people. There are positions of influence and resources that God brings our way. Yes, our families will be blessed by it, but the primary reason is for his kingdom. Because when we recognize that, the power and the protection that is on the blessing is reinforced on our lives. And then the third reason why God blesses us and has blessed us is so that we are a blessing to others. I have blessed you so that you'll be a blessing to others. Literally, by default. In other words, by virtue of you being you, others are being blessed. By virtue of you being a man, a woman of integrity, others are being blessed. Whether it's through your influence, whether it's through your abilities, whether it's through your resource, whether it's through um, the profile you have, by virtue of you being you, others are being blessed. And this is what he said to Abraham. He said, I will bless you and that in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. As you enter into 2019, I want to say to you, you are already blessed. And embrace the purpose of why you are blessed. So that you can also be a blessing. For some of you, God has invested tremendous abilities. Others, he's put you in positions where you are hidden. Others, he's put you with people who need your help. If this year has taught us anything as a church, it has taught us we can make a difference. As a local church, we are beginning to see how we are making a difference. Can you say amen? amen. But there is much more to do. There is much more to do. And I want to challenge you that in 2019, you will offer yourself to God 
to be a blessing. Amen. I want us to bow as we're going to pray. If the worship team can make their way here. I want to give opportunity to you in this room right now. Where you are saying to God, I want to be, keep your focus here. If you can 